This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome to Crossbody of Work. My name is Evan. I am Javier. This week, Haas Month rolls on. We have a big one. That's a big fella. Return of the Haas. That's right. It's Big John Stud. 6'10", 365, a pound for every day of the year. My goodness. And a beer belly the size of Saskatoon. Big fella. He's a big fella, this Big John Stud. Uh, what do you know about Big John Stud? Uh, I know that he won the second ever Royal Rumble. Yes. Um, I know that he was affiliated with Bobby Heenan at one point. Yep. And I know that he has blonde hair. I know that I had uh, like one of those old rubber action figures. I didn't know that I had Big John Stud because it was like they were pay me downs from like my uncle or something. And there was a Hogan one. There was a savage one and then there was this third guy i'm like who's this guy and nobody in my family they're like oh you don't know who is this guy later on in life i figured out oh it's a big john stud that's nice cool he I also realized he was in i think he was in one of the wrestling games i had i couldn't remember who was one of the raw versus smackdowns or like one of the earlier 2ks mm-hmm. but he was in one of those games i think and i remember seeing him and not having any clue who the fuck that was who is this fella so we're gonna dive deeper into the career of big john stud this week let's do all the housekeeping stuff off the top follow the pod on twitter at crossbody of work the best place to interact with us if you have people we should cover you should uh tweet them at us tell us who to cover yeah i mean listen we have we we've pretty much have most of these episodes recorded for the next like three years so yes we are on a streak of i think <laughs> aside from our next three-parter which we won't announce yet we will. Uh, we have had. We have a lot of content planned for in the future, but we always need ideas because this is not stopping. Can't stop, won't stop. Yeah, I mean, listen, we're very bored people, so <laughs> we're just going to keep doing this, whether you people listen or not. So you may as well give us ideas. But we're thrilled you're listening, and wherever you're listening, be sure to rate five stars. It helps us out tremendously as we continue to climb the charts. Shout out to the Philippines for having us on the charts this week. Inexplicably, our last episode got all the way to the 12th highest wrestling episode in the Philippines this week. I just want to thank everyone in the Philippines. I love all of you. Shout out. The country looks beautiful. Every time I see the Philippines, it looks beautiful. Legitimately one of my favorite flags. Such a great looking flag. I I, I fucking love flags. All right. That's not what we're here to talk about. Uh, Fullpressshop.com. Cop the merch. Support the boys. Buy the t-shirts. Uh, and, you know, tell your friends. Haas Month is a beautiful thing. Share with your family and friends. <laughs> Share the love of Haas Month. Big John Studd. He's 6'10", 365, like I said. Trained by Killer Kowalski. Oh. Yeah. Same as Triple H and others. Same as Triple H. Uh, I believe John was John Moxley trained by Killer Kowalski. 
I believe it. I believe I think it. Think he might have been. So he would uh, Big John Studd. He went to WWF in '72, and no, I didn't stutter. It was the Worldwide Wrestling Federation then. Then joined Mid Atlantic in '73 and spent nearly a decade there on and off. And we found footage of one of his matches in nine in in uh, Mid Atlantic. And my God, when I say found footage, this may be the oldest piece of footage we've used on this show. This may be the oldest piece of footage I've ever seen, and I've seen freaking Casablanca. This could have been the big that famous Bigfoot sighting. <laughs> like it's. Are we sure this isn't the Blair Witch Project? I believe it. Uh, the match is Big John Studd versus Black Jack Mulligan from Mid Atlantic Wrestling. No time is on it. We don't know what year it is. My guess, early '80s, maybe late '70s. Yeah, there's no way this is anywhere in a time period that I would know. Yeah, it's. Like I said, it's the oldest thing we've ever seen on this show. I don't even know if my dad had hit puberty by the time this was released. We constantly so. are talking about old stuff on this show. Yeah, I just want to circle back. John Moxley was not trained by Killer Kowalski. He was trained by Les Thatcher. Okay. Thank you for doing the, the research. It's good. Yeah, so we're back to the uh, Found Flicks episode that we're about to record. Um Stud isn't a massive red robe. Something that he continuously wears, and I respect it severely. It's the drip is fantastic. I don't know. It's just something about a big man in a robe. I just respect it. <laughs> big men need robes. Um, after the intros, because we hear the intros, the skip the tape skips ahead. Uh, <laughs> some of the VHS is gone, uh, and it just shows Mulligan on the outside. And Stud is running his head into the ring post. Uh, what did you think in terms of the quality of the match? Not maybe not how it looks, but like the actual. Bro, this was this was the drizzly shits. It's just so we flash forward. <laughs> we we skip forward a little bit here because whoever whatever tape was ordered off the Japanese uh, tape trading sites clearly was fucked. Like I don't know what happened to travel, but it was completely fucked. It skipped like probably like ten minutes forward because this is like the beginning of the match, or, or like midway through the match, I should say, um, and. It's literally just, they're fucking, Blackjack keeps going, trying to get into the ring. Stud would club him with his hand and then ram him off the uh, off the post. He did yep. it on one side. When, when, when Blackjack tried to go in through the middle, Stud just, Stud just kept fucking bashing his head with his fucking big ass club of a hand. And then he just like kind of stopped him. And then he just kind of tried it on the other side and he got ran into the post. And then he tried it again and Stud stood him up on the apron and gave him like the Seamus like punches where he like ties up their arms. Beats the Beldrum, yeah. Yeah, he did it twice. It's like, holy shit, this dude is in literal hell. He is not even hell, he's in purgatory. He's just, and yeah, and Big John Studd is in, in charge there. Like, he's just playing defense on the ring. That's all That's all Big John Studd is doing for like five minutes. Is playing defense my my blood is over here the 2000's fucking Ravens on this motherfucker. <laughs> Mulligan finally gets in the ring, and that's when I see for the first time. He has the most glorious mustache that you could possibly ask for in wrestling. Blackjack Mulligan's mustache is a cartoon. He looks like Yosemite Sam. Like, it is absurd. Is Blackjack Bray Wyatt's grandfather? Yes, because it's Barry Windham's dad. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Remember we were talking when we did the Barry Windham episode about how Barry Windham does the, like, claw finish or whatever and has the one glove on? You see it in this match because Blackjack Mulligan has the one glove on his hand. Uh, yes. Well, I mean, listen, shout out to Blackjack. He produced the sexiest man in the world. That's so, true. That's big. Go back and listen to our Barry Windham episode, by the way. It's, it's, good, it's good stuff. Good time. Uh, uh, 
Blackjack gets the advantage finally. Yeah. He starts, he, he just punches his way to an advantage, by the way, which is crazy. And he gets stud ringside, starts beating his ass, fucking whips him into the post, buries him under a table. I love that. We love burying people under tables. Uh, Mulligan drops the table, like I, like you said. Um, he's kicking Stud's ass now. Like it, it was incredibly one sided to start, and then becomes incredibly one sided the other way. My man took that shit personally. Yeah. Uh, Stud uses right hands to club at the back of Mulligan when they get back in the ring. He kind of gets a little bit more shine. We get an axe handle, not off the top. Just that's how he throws punches. Is he puts his hands together and just just swings like a motherfucker. Uh, a choke, and we get our first bear hug of the episode, and holy shit, are we going to see a lot of these? I just wrote stud bear hug. Blackjack just has his hands in the air, and he's waving them like he just don't care during the he, bear hug. He raises his arms to the sky. This shit Reach is so long. Sky. Damn. Mulligan wants an iron claw, which is the, one of his finishing moves. Stud, uh, rake, He rakes Stud's eyes to get free. Uh, then we get the the finish. Go to the finish. My man hits the ropes, hits a running cross body, and wins. And Stud doesn't give a shit. He continues beating Mulligan. He tosses the ref. He stomps on Mulligan's spine, and then some baby faces who I cannot identify come make the save. I would have been an absolute star in the late seventies. I can tell you that much. How so? Explain. No, work. I would have I would have done one fucking like top rope elbow drop and it would have been over for every like everyone would have been like this dude is like fucking the he is the the fucking Bill Russell of wrestling. Oh my I god. Al- I always love that because comparing arrows is so hard. Could you imagine like you go to this show, right? This show as it exists, and you just drop Will Ospreay on the card and just let him do something? Homie, can you like I I honestly I genuinely feel first off, if they just give me a no dis- give me a no disqualification match in the main event with this with these people, I'm doing a chair shot up the top rope, which as we've spoken on this podcast is my finishing move. Can you imagine the heat? Oh, the yeah. heat. The heat I would get from the audience for a top rope chair shot. I, I would be branded it'd be like me. And I don't even know, like, fucking, who the hell is the, the head of Russia at this point? We'd be the two most hated people in the world. It's true. You would be. What so, like, Kovachev? So- <laughs> Ilya Kovalchuk, the hockey player? Um, all right, moving on. We are now moving to the WWF. Uh, and Big John Studd was actually partnered with Freddie Blassie before he was with Heenan. Uh, and he issued a body slam challenge to any wrestler who could slam him, boasting that he had never been slammed before. Several wrestlers attempted, and Andre the Giant accepted and was about to slam Stud before Blasi attacked Andre from behind, and then the Andre-Stud feud raged throughout 83. Andre got the upper hand a lot of the times. And then in 84, that's when he paired with Bobby the Brain Heenan, and they came up with this $15,000 body slam challenge, where... Andre the Giant would win $15,000 if he could body slam Big John Stud at WrestleMania 1. If he didn't in the time limit, he would have to retire. So not only was it, hey, fifteen grand if you win, it's no more making money as a wrestler if you lose. That's not a good Audrey deal. Is probably, Audrey is probably making a good amount of money. Yeah, so that's not a good deal. It's a bad bargain for Andre. 
But that's the match we're looking at next. It's probably, in terms of singles matches, the most famous singles match in Big John Studd's career. It is yeah. WrestleMania 1 versus Under the Giant. Uh, Studd's got his... He brings the money out in a duffel bag. Homie, I, I I didn't listen to the backstage promo, but I just saw a big duffel bag full of money, and I was like, who are we recruiting? <laughs> are we bringing Bronny James to UMass? The people want to know. This is the NIL deal. Frank Martin, who are we dropping the bag on? Am I getting DJ Wagner? Tell me. Howard Finkel on the call. God bless Fink. Love Fink. Love, Love the Fink. Fink. Love seeing Fink with hair. I never really saw Fink with hair. I refuse to. I didn't even see that. So I just ref, I just not, completely not like am erasing f- that you said that. Not like a full head. Just like just more full than normal. Uh, Stud looks like a million bucks coming out. I know he's only got 15000 but he looks like a million bucks. He looks great. My man's got a nice little down payment on a house coming. Andre comes out looking like the happiest man in the land. Andre's not looking great. Here. No, but he's he's smiling and he's happy. He, he's he, listed at 476 pounds, and I actually kind of believe that's a shoot weight. Yeah. But, dude, he does not look healthy at all. No. Uh, and this, like, the fans are thrilled to see Andre. The match itself, what do you think? I assume you've never seen this match. Absolutely not. I've never seen WrestleMania 1, like, in its entirety. I've only ever seen the main event and, like, I, any actually, other random match just, that we've just, just the main event. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what I wonder what WrestleMania we've watched almost the most of, like in its entirety. You know, ooh, we've probably had a good bit of like nine or eight. I'm gonna, or 10. Go, I'm gonna go do the math after we record this and figure figure that out because I think that'd be fun. It's probably like one of the more recent ones. Who are we kidding? It's probably like thirty or like seventeen. It's, it's probably it's probably it's probably like somewhere like seventeen, nineteen, one of those. Maybe even like uh, well, what's uh, ninety seven, whatever ninety seven was thirteen. No. Yeah. Fourteen. Thirteen. Fourteen was when Austin won. Yeah. Well, we we could just do it backwards. Sixteen was two thousand. So yeah, ninety seven was thirteen. Um, what do you think of the match? Uh, it's not great, but it's not supposed to be. I mean, look, it's not. It's Andre the Giant, well past his physical abilities. Like I don't even want to say peak. It's just he's not even able to do anything really here. Uh, it's John who who's who's clearly just trying to to get something out of Andre. It's very clear. So you know how on we there's like a lot of stories about like Andre wouldn't really give anybody anything unless mm-hmm. he like really really liked them. It's kind of clear that he didn't really care much for Stud because he just did not let the man have shit. No, Stud early on gets some offense. He's got the early chops and shots to the stomach. Andre immediately just chops back. Big headbutt. Stud goes to his knees and to the outside. Like, Andre is in control pretty early. Yeah. But, you know, Stud gets back in the ring. Uh, he he's, uh, gets Andre with a choke in the corner. He's throwing him back and forth with the choke. which or Andre hits him with a choke, and he's just tossing Big John Stud. Like I said, this man's 6'10", 365. Andre throws a punch that is quite literally one of the worst punches I have seen. It's so bad. And he does he does it multiple times, and it's just like, sir, come on. Just retire, you know? Um, attacks in the corner. Stud wants to slam Andre. No dice. 
I don't I don't appreciate how you didn't say ass shots. Yeah, Andre does more of his ass shots. Uh Stud definitely need him in the dick, by the way. <laughs> at one point. When? There's a like right out of the corner, they're like tangled up and, and Stud like throws a knee. And it's definitely straight to the dick. Oh, that sucks. Stud went for the slam a little too early. And, you know, he his back gives out and then Andre bear hugs him. There's so much bear hug. This should be called bear hug month. It's bear country, baby. This, um, this is bear country. Yeah, boo-boo. Let me get another picnic basket. I don't know, Yongi. Um, you ever seen a bear in real life? I have. Um, my senior year of college, I lived in Hadley, Massachusetts, which is the town that's connected to Amherst, which I went to UMass Amherst. Uh, and I lived in the, in like a retirement community, I guess you could say. It was like a family okay. slash retirement community. It's like a bunch of different buildings. And I lived in one of the random apartments with a bunch of kids I met. I knew from high school. Um, and I kind of had to take this like little mini roadway to get to school quicker. Um, mm-hmm. and it's just like, it looks like a regular highway, you know, they got lanes going one way, lane going the other way. And then it's like all like foresty looking greenery on the sides. Um, I look over cause I noticed a little something on the side of the road, uh, where, where it like, it's like a, 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 a decline kind of yeah. into the forestry region. And there's a bunch of those, like, what are those like at ponds and stuff? The like stick kind of, uh, oh. They look it looks like, like a fucking corn dog kind yeah, of deal. For, it's the forbidden corn dog. Yeah, yeah. Those. Um, I just like look at them because I always like looking at them because it's cool. Um, yeah, they're fun. And I just see a fucking bear just sat there eating it. It's a black bear. It was it's just the sat forbidden there. Corn dog. It was just sat there eating like I don't think it was eating the corn dog specifically. I think it was just eating like a bunch of like brush that was there. Um, and I just kind of like slow, like I start driving even slower because I was the only car in the highway at this point. Um, and I'm like looking at it and I'm like, oh, it's a fucking bear. First and only bear I've ever seen out in the wild. Wow. Uh, meanwhile, the university I went to has a system in place because the frequency of bears being on campus and just showing up in the, like in that area. Cause we're like in Northern Ontario, right? Where... Security will just call all the buildings, like all the residences in the main building, and be like, hey, here's where the bear was. Put your signs up. So you just walk out in the morning and you see a sign, you just look to be like, oh, the bear was seen this time near here. All right, I just won't go there. And like at one point during orientation of the university, if you wanted to be employed there, they taught you bear safety. That's how frequently we saw bears. Was there ever a bear attack? No, not while I was there. I mean, were there even like dangerous bears or like what do you think they were gummy bears yeah like they were no, real bears well no and i don't mean real i mean like because you know how like like black bears like if i got really close to that black bear that black bear was still not going to do anything to me yeah there terrible. were there was there were some brown bears who would have bit who would have like gone for a bear hug and they would have done better than than big john stud <laughs> you know um, so, anyways, back to the bear hugs. Andre with a gut punch, a headbutt, an arm wrench. That way, he gets out of the uh, out of the bear hug. A sleeper Off. spot. <laughs> it sucks. It sucks. Andre catches the leg, hits a terrible punch and kick, and then just some of the worst kicks I have ever seen. You don't like his his MMA leg kick, bro? It's <laughs> bro. Let me tell you something, bro. As 
as Vince Russo. I don't know how to do Vince Russo's. Bro, let me tell you something, bro. As Vince Russo, I did not book this this match, bro. But, you know, it's it's about the spectacle, bro. Bro, I see Andre. His health is really bad. I see Big John Studd, never a main eventer. But you know what, bro? He should have been, bro, because this match, five stars. This match, not five stars. Terrible leg kick from Andre. Then we really get to the finish, and we know what the finish is. Javi, going to the finish. Now Andre just scoop slams him. That's the whole finish. That's just scoop, out of that, nowhere. Just... That's a body slam challenge. It's it, it gets the W. Then he makes it rain, and Bobby Heenan runs away with the duffel bag of money because that's a Bobby Heenan move if you've ever seen one. Yeah, he fucking dipped. Yeah, Bobby Heenan was not wasting time. Um, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. Ah. And you know what the worst part is? It doesn't get better. Uh, it, I would really. know. It doesn't. It, it really doesn't. doesn't. But it's more fun. Eventually, we're going to, like, spoilers. We're going to get to the Rumble match. We're going to do the Rumble match. An entire Rumble in an episode. Crazy. Yeah. We used to just review these in an episode. Yeah. We're going to take our break. When we get back, we got a promo and one more match from Big John Studd. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Back from the break, and we have a promo about Hulk Hogan from Bobby Heenan and Big John Studd. Heenan, I, I know we've talked about him before. He shows up all the time. He managed like everybody in the 80s and 90s. God, I love Bobby. He's the best. He's the absolute best manager. I, I think will, I will I'll put him first. This. I will always say this. I think Paul Heyman is the GOAT uh, for any non-wrestling personality. But I think strictly as a manager, Bobby Heaton is far and away the best manager of all time. I, I think just Bobby, think yeah. he's just so good at it. And like it's it, it I understand that the thing with with uh that, that separates Heenan and Heyman for me, um, is Heyman only really works with prize fighters like a Brock, like a Roman. You know, yeah. that's when it's like really or like a punk, like guys who are at the top of the top, top of the card. That's when he's at his bets. That's when it really works. He didn't could just fucking work with anybody. That's true. You, I never you thought of that. You throw him a, a, a fucking hell. Put us together in a tag team. Have us get managed by Bobby Heaney. I bet you we'll get over very quickly. We would also get heat because we're terrible people. Um, you're right, though. Heenan can can kind of like he has no limit. Whereas we saw, and like part of it is is the axe, but like, did Heyman work with Cesaro? No. Did Heyman work with Curtis Axel? No. Like you know, I just it, I, I I've never heard that argument. I like that argument. 
Uh, what do you think of the uh, the promo here? It's mostly just Bobby speaking. <laughs> you hear a little. You hear Big John Stud essentially do commentary over his own match, which is an interesting strategy. Yeah, but uh, uh, he in the beginning goes on some rant about the difference between Beverly Hills and L.A. And I was like, yeah, he I says am- L.A. is for for like common folk, and Beverly Hills is where the people are. Yeah, like- I'm too broke for this conversation. Yeah, I mean, the only Beverly Hills talk I need to know is Beverly Hills nine zero two one zero or the Weezer song. Or Beverly Hills Cop, an excellent movie. Sure, man. Have you never seen it? Sure, man. Oh, you young people. Uh, so there's a videotape that Gene Okerlund has, and it's Big John Studd working over Hulk Hogan. Uh, and Big John Studd said, this is what happens to people who get in my way. It's like, Yeah, he yeah, slams shit. the fucking ref. Yeah, he does. And elbow drops him. Yeah, uh, Hogan bites Stud in the head. The match gets thrown out. First off, everything when the ref is down, it's like the most heel thing. Hogan is just being a heel the entire way through. He's biting yeah. this dude in the head. He's like raking his eyes. He's doing all this shit. And because, first off, f- obligatory fuck Hulk Hogan. There it is. Um, But also, like I've said it before on this podcast, Hulk Hogan was a heel masquerading as a baby face. And for some reason, the people loved it. I don't understand why people were surprised when he turned. He's been doing this shit for years. He's a fucking asshole. Hulkamania thought he was going to have a night off. Turns out he had a nightmare. I legitimately like that line. It's a good line. It's a good line. Um, good delivery Bobby's, too by Stud. Bobby says that a big a man as big as Stud has to push people around to get what he wants. Uh, he says that whether it's two referees or thirty referees, Stud is winning the world championship. Hmm. Uh, Big John Stud has a very intimidating voice, and I know this is only one promo. But I think the whole thing holding him back is his, uh, he stumbles over his words a little bit. No, you know what it is, dude? This guy has a very scary voice. He's got a very scary face. It's the hair. What's wrong with the hair? I can't look at a man with hair like that and be scared. I just can't. I don't care if you're 6'10", almost 400 pounds with the scariest face and the fucking, in a terrifying voice. If I see that hair, it's just. Like, I'm not scared in any way, shape, or form. I'm just going to think of fucking Fabio. You're, congrats, you're ugly Fabio. Ooh, I'm so scared. That's so mean. Um, it's an okay promo. It's It just makes us appreciate Bobby Heenan because he's amazing. Shout out, Bobby. All right. Speaking of Bobby, let's move to our last regular match before we get to the Rumble. It's a six-man tag. It is Big John Studd teaming with King Kong Bundy and Bobby Heenan versus The Machines. WWF at Madison Square Garden, September 22nd, 1986. We have three machines. Uh, did you know about the machines? I just know one of them is Hogan. The machines were essentially a group that was, it, the whole rib was like, you know who was under there. I have no idea who was under any of the masks. But like there was another one that was, that was giant machine. That was clearly Andre the Giant because who else would be a giant machine like that? You know what I mean? And then there's Hulk machine who we see in this match who's clearly Hulk Hogan. And mainly it was the Heenan family trying to be like, this is Hulk Hogan. And everyone going, you can't prove it. Who's the other? <laughs> just, wait, Andre was one of them? Not, not in this match. I was in about another, to say. There were like seven machines. In this match, we have Hulk machine, obviously Hulk Hogan. Big machine, which is actually Blackjack Mulligan. Oh, and shit. Super machine, which is Axe. Yeah. Um, for the purposes of my notes of this match, uh, we have Hulk Hogan. 
who I, I very quickly recognized was Hulk Hogan, considering he came out to Hulk Hogan's theme song and did all of Hulk Hogan's mannerisms and is uh, essentially a fucking burnt orange. Um, He's made of a, a fine leather. He, no, he is what happens when you put an orange in the microwave for too long. Um, <laughs> we have whiter machine and tanner machine. Yeah, that sounds right. Do I know the difference? A little bit. The fact that Hulk Machine comes out to Real American is a pretty, uh, pretty big giveaway, you know. And does the, the yeah? Like I'll be, the I'll be completely straight with you, fam. I would have guessed it was Hulk Hogan, even if he didn't do any of the mannerisms. Just based on the way he looks, there's only one person that has that fucking burnt ass skin, dude. It's just it's it's King Kong Bundy versus what I think is Super Machine to start. Uh, Stud gets in pretty early, shoulder block. Uh, uh, eats a machine, bunch of clothesline before falling over. Yeah, it's whiter machine, which I believe is blackjack. Yeah, eats a bunch of clotheslines before falling over. Uh, this is where I realized that Heenan looks like Trash Man from It's Always Sunny. Yeah, he's got the one, yeah. the one, the one shoulder singlet. I'm the Trash uh, Man. Hogan. Before the match even starts, by the way, Hogan slams Stud and then rips off his shirt and poses because he can't not do that. It's like it's. <laughs> It's like his default setting is to rip whatever clothing he has on and, and do his fucking muscle flexes. Uh, you mentioned that that uh, Mulligan takes down Stud after three running clothesline. Hogan chases Bobby for absolutely no reason. Yep. Um, Axe tag. You said it was Axe was yeah. the other one. Axe tags in, kicks Bundy in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> Hogan tags in. Wrestling is simple, you know. (laughs) Hogan tags in, begs Bobby to get into the ring, but no dice. Hogan slams Bundy on a rebound, then slams Stud when he gets in to run rough shot. Um, Wants to go for a slam on Bobby, but Bobby runs away. Hulk Machine does some karate. I was like, I don't think you know. I know you were in the Three Ninjas movie, but that hasn't come out yet. So, like, you don't know karate. Oh, and there's water in my mouth, Evan. <laughs> you, you haven't learned from Rocky and Tum Tum yet. Um, Hogan with a bunch of strikes, and then he just, he just, he just, he just gets gets an eye poke on Stud because yeah. Hulk Hogan is the worst person in the world. Um, Axe hurts Stud's back, and then Stud tries going for a slam. Or when Stud tries going for a slam, um, a Bobby tags in. He has great punches in the corner, actually. Yeah. Yeah, oh, well, Bobby really Heenan was a wrestler. He just he fucked was. up his back and had to retire. Yeah. But um, then he gets whipped into the ropes and goes clean over the turnbuckle. Oh, he does the flare corner bump and just just is out. And then he, he like gets to his corner from the outside, slides in very uh, meekly, and then meekly, and then just freaking tags in. I believe it's Bundy, and Bundy is visibly laughing at Heenan as he tags in. Because it's, it's really funny. Um, stud knees uh, Mulligan, which, by the way, the fact that we're running that one back is a yikes move. Um, <laughs> and he helps <laughs> Bundy found, take control. They hadn't found that footage yet, so they didn't know it was not good. Bundy puts on a bear hug. Of course he does. Of course he uh, does. Stud does do a top rope fist drop to the back of, of Mulligan. Mm-hmm. Um, he starts clubbing Mulligan in the chest, and then he puts on a bear hug himself. Heenan comes back in, and he's trash-talking the other machines. I love Bobby. He's trash-talking. Love Bobby. 
We get a knee to the back. In comes Bundy. Splash in the corner. Heenan tries to come in, and this distracts the referee. And what happens when the referee's back is distracted? Uh, Hogan does a swap out and just kind of lays there. And I, I believe the referee, the referee's Hebner, isn't it? I think so. And he doesn't notice the obvious color change of the wrestler yeah. who was in. Yeah. Hey, I mean, hey, I, you know, I, Hebner's a white man. His line will probably be, I don't see color or something along those lines. He's the um, Hulk Hogan. Bobby gets in the ring. Hogan gets up, hits a big boot, and wins the match. Twin magic. What'd you think of the match? Just got a commercial. We're going to take a break when we get back. We have, in its entirety, the 1989 Royal Rumble. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Back from the break, Big John Studd retired in 1986 and then actually returned to wrestling in 88 and upon doing so was offered a spot in the Heenan family and rejected it, turning face for the first time in WWF. Cool. You know what it was? What? Uh, for for those who watched Dynamite last night, which would have been the episode where Kenny Omega's back, um, you know that John... Moxley cut a great pro or great uh, return promo on CM Punk, who cut an absolutely um, incredible promo to start the show, uh, where he said that Punk only came back to wrestling because he ran he was running out of money. That's why John came back to wrestling. Oh, we don't know that for sure. Will Pick you Johnny stop? Bro- he lost fifteen grand uh, a few years back. Evan, my man's <laughs> running low on funds. How many times he- do you think he's lost fifteen grand? I, ga- I guarantee you, what's the first? He didn't stole the money back. He only lost like twelve hundred. My man was probably I, huge betting into that. When Villanova beat Georgetown in the national championship game, he was devastated. I have never seen the '89 Rumble in its entirety until until this. I've never seen any Rumble in its entirety pre like '92, the first Austin one or '92. Yeah, I was gonna say the '92 one and then probably the Austin ones. Yeah, like so uh, this the, is a the first Austin one is the earliest I go. Let's go. We're going to go through entrant by entrant, talk about the little things that happened. Now, of course, we're going to focus on Big John Stone when he gets in there. But what we got to talk about, essentially, the state of the company in 89. Uh, numbers one and two are Axe and Smash. I love having tag partners face each other. This is the first time that two tag partners started a match. Uh, might as well throw hands in your BDSM Is it the outfits. only time? Right, because Jeff and Matt would they were not they were not the first. They came in like it was like five, four and five or something. Yeah, what I mean, what year was that? That was like two thousand and two. Yeah, think. like even yeah. that was like wild. Um I, I mean, there was the one where wasn't it like Eddie and 
Dickhead started? 2000 Yes, they started 2005. Yeah, 2005 because yeah. then Daniel Pewter comes out and they fuck him up. Yeah, and Hardcore Holly's in the ring too. Uh, Smash is winning the brawl with Axe. Axe with a toss attempt. Smash survives. We have both members of Demolition still in the ring for number three. Heel Andre the Giant. Oh. What do you think? Talk about people who don't look great. If I thought Andre looked bad at WrestleMania 1, yeah, admittedly, like, facially, he looks significantly better, I would say. Like, he looks healthier in his face, but his body is just clearly decaying. It is just on its way out. Which is unfortunate, because he's, you know, one of the nicest men in wrestling and a legitimate, like, world-conquering star. Yeah, he's probably still to this day the pound for pound biggest star the business has ever had like you could say you know austin took everything to new heights all this stuff but just as an individual there were people everywhere who paid to see andre you know yeah and then he made all these stars and stuff and and hey for all the success that stone cold steve austin had the highest the most ever watched wrestling thing ever is still Andre versus Hogan on I think it's Saturday night's main event one of those things that yeah. I, that popped 32 on the Nielsen rating I think it was god damn uh Andre's holding his own demolitions attacking him together because of course they are number four and this is where I realized that the fact that there's no entrance music is freaking me the fuck out no <laughs> entrance music after the the countdown from 10 psychs me out in a way I can't explain I just need to hear something. Anyways, number four is Mr. Perfect and his glorious mullet. Oh, my God. We, we're going to talk about it a little more, but the, the selling from my boy, uh, Mr. Perfect here, is fucking amazing this entire way He through. is the best wrestler in the first, until number nine. Like, that's the next person who could sell like him. Um, He's the best wrestler in this match. In-ring performer at this time. At this time? Yeah, yeah, he's he's by I'll far give the best him that. wrestler in this entire match. Uh, so Andre's being double teamed, but Perfect's hands are rated E for everyone. So he just starts throwing at, at Demolition and at Andre. He doesn't give a shit. And the star power continues because number five comes out. And it's... What the fuck is his first name? I don't even know what the nickname is. It's Ronnie Garvin. <laughs> what the Garvin. fuck is his nickname? I think they called him Rockin' Ronnie Garvin. Who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> I wrote can I wrote cannon fodder. Also, we missed our first elimination. Andre tosses out smash. Oh, I'm so devastated by this. <laughs> uh, Ronnie Garvin looks like Skip from the Body Donners as a stepdad. <laughs> and like all respect to Ronnie Garvin, he has done something that like everyone dream you you know make it to the WWE, but man, it's a weird look. It's a weird look. No, man. Uh, Perfect is overselling the shit out of everything Andre does to him. Oh, like when he gets sent, he gets sent chest first in the corner and looks like he's been shot. Oh, my God, dude. Or that headbutt where he does like 18 yeah. different flips before slamming himself. Almost falls out of the ring by accident. Uh, yeah, Andre, Greg Valentine comes out. <laughs> Andre gets trapped in the ropes. and They're trying to lift him over and... Uh, he's doing a hip attack to Axe in the corner, and Axe is just getting crushed, which is weird because <laughs> Crush is the other member. But not yet, um, not yet. 
You're right. Six is Greg the Hammer Valentine with the Honky Tonk Man. While this is happening, Garvin gets tossed out by Andre using a clothesline. Yeah. Yeah, Andre is just fucking choking everyone. Seven. A legitimate Hall of Famer main event level guy. It's Jake Roberts. Yeah, Jake, who we haven't seen in a while, in a very long time, actually. It's probably been over a year since we've seen Jake Roberts. Yeah. Uh, business is, is is picking up, you know. Shots to Andre's gut that completely unfaze Andre. He is. He cannot be bothered. Dude, he just chokes Jake for like two minutes. I kept skipping the 10 seconds because we watched this on the cock. Okay. Uh, and it's. It just kept happening. This is where I realized that I am mesmerized by Axe's bald spot. He constantly finds himself with his back to the hard cam, and it's the most notable thing. His, like, I find solace. It draws the eye in, you know? It's like one of those magic eye paintings. Like, remember when, when John Cena came back with all the hair, then we noticed the massive like balding spot on the top back of it? Like, Poor guy. God, what's that? Uh, number eight, the outlaw, Ron Bass, is here. Who the fuck are these people? <laughs> there are there are old head fans who are like, I can't believe these young guys don't know Ron Bass. And it's like, bro. Yeah, I'm dude, sorry. the only bass I know in wrestling is Nicole Bass. R.I.P. Shout out. Uh, Jake gets tossed. Jake Roberts is eliminated pretty early. Yeah, Jake gets eliminated like pretty like he's only in there for like three or four minutes but this is also what i noticed that the timers are not on in sync close some people come in after like a minute some people come in after like five (laughs) uh so jake gets tossed he really got mauled by andre the whole time he was in there uh this is where I noticed that Ron Bass comes in in the first. Because you know everyone, when they come in the Rumble, usually gets a little bit of shine. He hits a kick to the chest of Axe that, like, caves it in. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Maybe to do Ron Bass up. Oh, fuck is this guy? Uh, number nine. Who's number nine? Number nine is one half of the Rockers, some young buck named Shawn Michaels. The ladies go bananas. You can yeah, hear well, it. I mean, what, admittedly, when he gets in the ring, you can see why. Sean is a really look good-looking man at this point. He's a very good-looking fella. He goes after Ron Bass. Mr. Perfect dumps out Axe. I will miss his bald spot. I've decided who Sean looks like at this point. My brother is looking like Billy from Stranger Things. Oh, that's a good... He, that's exactly it. He does look like Billy. Oh, man. Oh, or should I say Billy looks, looks like, like Sean. Sean. Yeah. Or actually, maybe the timelines don't line up there. Like I said, perfect dumps out axe. RIP the bald spot. Uh, Michael skins the cat on an elimination attempt by perfect. And then, and then Michael's fires up. him. Yeah. Hey, perfect. The way that he saves himself is very impressive. That's like it a is. lot of coordination. He holds on to not get eliminated. It's very impressive. He like goes over the top rope and he's like very far out there, but somehow manages to pull himself back in and he gets in between the top and middle rope. Number 10 is Bushwhacker Butch. He also uh, has a bald spot, so I am fine again. Well, he's mostly bald. <laughs> but he's got he's got like the shaved head and there's just a very noticeable spot. I'm like, there we go. And that's my comfort spot right there. I needed that. My emotional support bald spot. Shout out to Manu Ginobili. Um <laughs> <laughs> Who makes an appearance after uh, after our boy Butch comes out? Jake comes back out. Don't you disrespect the great Butch by comparing him to Bushwhacker Butch. 
Um, Jay comes back out with Damien. Andre immediately eliminates himself and runs the fuck off. He's not having it with the snake. And honestly, I would do the same shit. I'm not dealing with a big-ass snake. It's just not worth it. Here's the thing. I I know Jake Roberts knows how to handle Damien. When you he think about Damien it... Damien like shit. But here's the thing. When you think about it, really, the frequency with which they would let a giant snake out in a loud arena filled with people is fucking nuts. Admittedly, Damien didn't have fangs. <laughs> he got defanged. He only cool. really had stuff for the uh, for the, the stuff with uh, Macho Man. But still, they just were like, "Hey, you know what we're gonna let out loose into the arena? This honking chonker of a snake." Okay, you said cool. My blood. If he bites you, you're just gonna be feeling gums. <laughs> Bleeding it's gums. Defanged. <laughs> Number eleven, honky tonk man. Booze rain down. Man. The loudest that has booed all the whole night. I have no notes from when Honky Man, Honky Tonk Man comes out to the next person. So we're just going to skip everything that happened there. I just like that you called him Honky Man. <laughs> Shut up, Honky. Uh, number 12, one of the greatest white baby faces of all time. It's Tito Santana. Did we do a Tito episode? We didn't. I, I had to look it up too. I was like, we 100% have done Tito. No, we never there have. So a lot of Tito matches. We have Tito. Tito was a good dance partner of everybody in the eighties. He has yeah. you show up. You have a good match with Tito. You go to the IC title, <laughs> or Tito has the IC title. Tito has the IC title. Exactly. Uh, we got to do a Tito episode one of these days. Bass and Perfect with a good double suplex to Michaels, which do- barely shows up on camera. Yeah, and then fucking thirteen comes out, and it's Bad News Brown, who's apparently the most dangerous man in this Rumble match. Ring is crowding. We got eight guys in there right now, but then we get our, another elimination. Honky Tonk is tossed by Butch and Tito, the dream team. What a team. collective! <laughs> what is the twenty twenty two comparison for for that? Honky Tonk Man is like a, a very famous, a uh, long time IC champion. He has heat galore. Who who is the Honky Tonk? It's like if Miz, it's Miz. gets it's dumped Miz. by like fucking. Uh, like, Miz gets dumped by a. I want to say it's like Otis, but it's not Otis. It's not Chad Gable. They're a little too high up to be a bushwhacker. It's yeah. like if he gets dumped, like who's like a comedy tag team nowadays? I don't even no, know. There are no good ones. So it'd be it'd be like a, he gets dumped by a returning Santino and like a mid card guy, uh, like fucking Shinsuke. Yeah, he gets dumped by Shinsuke and Santino. Yeah, like that's fucking weird. Uh, Butch is celebrating like he's won the World Series. Yeah, um, we get eight, uh, Sean does like double punches for off the top rope to the outlaw and uh, Bad News Brown. Atomic um, a ha- hammer does an atomic drop to Sean, who sells it by going absolutely ballistic. And to save Sean, we have number fourteen, Marty Jannetty. Both rockers are in the rumble now. I think it would yeah. be funny if a tag team was in the Rumble and they didn't wear their matching gear. Like, they just forgot. <laughs> and they, like you can make a thing of, like, I know we were doing this. Oh, I thought we were wearing this. <laughs> I thought we were, you know, we're here as individuals. Separate yeah, I, but equal, you know? I'm in jeans. <laughs> like It's like, 
separate but equal. That's what I I don't know. I, oh uh, my god, that's that's a very Marty Jannetty thing. Thought uh, we were allowed to be our own people. Rockers eliminated uh, Bass with a double drop kick. A, a not bad elimination. I liked it. Yeah, yeah, solid stuff. Uh, number fifteen comes out, and oh yeah, business just picked up, baby. Of note, Macho Man Randy Savage is the WWF champion because this Rumble did not have where you won the Rumble and you got a WrestleMania title match. That just wasn't yeah. This a is thing the second happened. one, people. Yeah, that is that is not the way that this worked. Macho immediately targets Bad News Brown and for some reason just starts rocking him while he has his sunglasses and a bandana on. I don't know if there was ever a program between Macho and Bad News Brown, but there looked like there was some fucking heat there. Yeah, he doesn't leave, like he just keeps the sunglasses on, which is my favorite thing. He doesn't get yeah, they shit. like fall off at one point, the sunglasses and the bandana. He doesn't I don't even know if he takes them off. I think they just fall off at some point. He does. Number 16, we're halfway through. Uh, Arn Anderson is here. Our dad is here to spinebuster people. Yeah, Macho. Arn An- Anderson is the official father figure of this podcast. <laughs> Macho Man dumps uh, Greg Valentine out. Um, Sean hits a super kick on Arn. That was like a throwaway thing that happened. Yep. Uh, Macho and Arn eliminate Sean. Um, Arn gets crushed on the top rope, but he survives. And thankfully, he survives because number 17 is Tully Blanchard. Brainbuster season. Other brainbusters. Also, in that, in that, between 16 and 17, Janetti is trying to run like Irish whip Arn, and he just collides with an already running perfect in just a car crash. <laughs> like, that's what's going to happen in the Rumble, though. There's too many bodies in the ring. Like you said, Tully's out. Savage and Perfect is squaring off, and Perfect gets a lot of good shots in. Like, Mr. Perfect looks like a million bucks here. Yeah, Tully almost fucking eliminates himself, trying to eliminate Marty, which yes. they ne- they eventually do, but Tully has to, like, do a fucking handstand on the outside with his feet on the ropes to not eliminate himself. And who comes out at 18? Uh, it's uh, Hogan Machine, or Ho- Hulk. Hulk Machine. Hulk Machine. It's the Hulk-a-Cola, um, which is funny, because that's the same color his skin is um, after all those tanning sessions. <laughs> Hulk Hogan ruins everything by tossing Mr. Perfect. Yeah, he saves like Macho. Right away. Perfect. He chokes Bad News Brown with his bandana because, again, Hulk Hogan is a heel masquerading as a baby face. Tito got eliminated at some point by someone. We don't by know Savage. By oh, Savage. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Hogan does a meeting of the minds to the Brain Busters. Uh, and I wrote, like, Santana gets eliminated, Perfect gets eliminated. Inexplicably, Butch remains. Bushwhacker Butch remains in the match somehow. Um, Tully at one point does a flare flop. Hogan starts it's getting so good. It's so good. Hogan starts getting rocked by the Brain Busters at one point. Um, and Macho is just doing nothing about it. He's focused on the real threat, Bushwhacker Butch. Oh, but it gets worse because out comes number 19, Bushwhacker Luke. Just all I wrote in my notes were, why, God? <laughs> why did you make both Bushwhackers show up in this fucking match? Well, it's funny you say this. <laughs> as soon as Luke comes out, Butch gets eliminated. And I said Bad News Brown is now my favorite wrestler because he eliminates Butch. Hogan stun guns Tully so hard that he may have been decapitated. That was a nasty stun gun. Like that, his whole head snapped back. 
Tully jumped to Tully. Tully jumps off the top rope at one point here and puts a headlock on. <laughs> it's it's the most Kevin Owens thing I've ever seen. Arn and Brown are working on Savage. Hogan with a meeting of the minds on Tully and Luke. We get a big boot to Arn, and then we get twenty. Number twenty. It's Coco Beware time. We've done Coco Beware, baby. I took a, a note of how many wrestlers in this match we have covered, and it's one third. Nice. A third of the wrestlers in this match we have covered. The people can't say that we don't go back in time. Damn it. Yeah. That's all we do. We've done Demolition. We've done Mr. Perfect. We've done Valentine. We've done Sean, Savage, Arn, Tully, and Coco. I remember at one point in this podcast, like in the in opening the curtain behind the, the scenes here, brother, we were you were like, uh, we, we got to do more old guys. And now it's to the point where it's like, we got to do more younger guys. <laughs> yeah, because some of the old guys that are left kind of suck. Uh, some. <laughs> um, with the, ex- and then, with yes. the exception of Tito. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, Rick Marteau. We'll, we'll give the model his props. That's uh, true. Hogan starts raking all of the eyes. Majo hits an atomic drop on Tully, and Tully goes flying right into Arn. Uh, yeah. Hogan eliminates Coco. He eliminates Luke. So the jobbers are officially out of here. Yeah. 21 comes out. It's the fucking warlord. Warlord. <laughs> um, Hogan eliminates both brain busters. He's clearing house right now. He's in his 2014 Roman Reigns era. Um, warlord does the... And this is the moment we've all seen, I think. I have to say it. I'm sorry. I have to say it. I have Go to ahead. have to say it. Before he gets into the ring, Warlord does like a pose on the outside like he's fucking Sheamus when Sheamus gets a little light put on him and he just like outstretches his arms. He's like yeah. flexing really hard. The camera slightly pans down. I can see the bulge of his pants on his tight. Gotta say it, Warlord got low dick. Just had to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most unnecessary thing I've ever heard. Listen, some people are packing sausages. My man's packing the tiny schnitzel. That's all oh, I got to say. That's all I have to say about that. Warlord poses on the apron. Inexplicably, Javier checks out his penis. He then gets in the ring and gets and eliminated it's not wrong immediately, with that. immediately by Hogan. Yes, he lasts all of two seconds, which with that size is probably all he's lasting anyways. Hogan tosses over Bad News Brown, who is attempting to eliminate Savage, and Savage also goes out. Savage gets into the ring, starts yelling at Hogan. Elizabeth comes down. Oh, so Hogan's the only one in the ring at this yeah. point. He's the only one uh, still in the match. Um, Elizabeth comes down to try to keep the peace. After a little bit of a back and forth, Macho extends the hand for a shake. They shake. We all know where this is leading. It's 19, It's 1989. We know that the Mega Powers explode in a couple months. Yeah. Solid conflict resolution skills, though, by Elizabeth. I also like her polka dot dress. It's very nice. Yes, yeah, a very nice dress. Yeah. 22 comes out. It's Big Boss Man. That's Farva from Super Troopers, and you cannot tell me anything different. He, I don't want a large. I want a goddamn liter of cola. So is it bad that I don't actually know the Super Troopers by their names in the Super Troopers? I know them from uh, Oktoberfest. <laughs> Beer Fest. No, Beer Fest. Beer Fest is also a very good movie. I love Beer Fest. Hogan with a scoop slam. Boss Man survives. Hits a corner splash. Hits a pile driver. Uh, then he misses a splash on t- just in time for number 23. Who's number 23? It's Akeem the African Dream, but not that one. <laughs> no, it's the wrestling one. one. Yeah, it's the wrestling one. Uh, the white guy. The white guy who is the African Dream. 
pause so it just fully you fully absorb what just we just said. Yeah, uh, Hogan tosses Akeem into Boss Man, Scoop slams Akeem. Hogan is spamming the meeting of the minds move. He's just running people's heads into each other all match because he does it to Akeem and Boss Man as well. We get a back suplex, and this is where I realized that Boss Man's shirt gets untucked like it's Thanksgiving and post dinner. He's just he's just belly out, ready for the world. Then we get the most surprising elimination of the whole match. What is what is it? It is Hogan getting tossed clean by the Twin Towers. Well, I mean, that's, you know, there's two big dudes, you know. But it's, it's, not, Hogan. it's not entirely shocking. It's Hogan. It's crazy. Yeah, but we know Hogan's not going to win this, so someone has to freaking do it. That's true. Uh, Twenty-four. So Hogan is a poor sport. Talk about Hogan's poor sportsmanship. He's. This isn't even the first time he does it. This no, isn't even the last time he does it. Or it's the first time, but it's not the last. This motherfucker pulls Boss Man out from the bottom rope, starts beating his ass ringside. Uh, 24 comes out. It's Brutus the Barber Beefcake, Hulk Hogan's legitimate best friend, and apparently both pieces of shit. Um, Hogan, or Beefcake starts rocking uh, Akeem. They yeah. double-team Beefcake, the two big men. But Hogan gets involved again, fights Boss Man over to the back. Boss Man never went over the top rope, I don't believe. <laughs> yeah. He's just gone. Twenty five comes out. It's fucking Terry Taylor, aka the Red Rooster. Uh, this the, the match really breaks down from this point on. Like it's a really weird rumble for the rest of the way. Yeah, it's just it's. If I didn't know who was gonna win, I would have been like, "Who the fuck is winning this shit?" Possibly coming out of this. Yeah. So, uh, like you said, Terry Taylor's out there. Red Rooster. Akeem body slams him. Uh, Brutus and Rooster try to eliminate Akeem. He escapes with double eye rakes. 26, here comes the Barbarian. He's with Mr. Fuji. And I love that Mr. Fuji always has the face paint, too. Like, he does the little eye stuff. Just like the Shout Barbarian. Shout out to Fuji. Yeah. 27 hit, comes out. hits everyone oh. instead of just eliminating Akeem. He just attacks everybody. You have notes. I didn't even know you had notes on Barbarian. 27 comes out. Who's 27? 27, the most prestigious number in Royal Rumble is as JBL would tell us every single fucking year now as, as Michael Cole or Byron Saxon or Corey Graves tell us now every year. Um, it's Big John Stud. The hair is glorious here. It's feathered. It's looking good. It's, it's incredible. But again, it's just not, I'm not scared of the man because of it. He works on Akeem who's just standing toe-to-toe. They're just trading blows. Uh, 28, Hercules. You know, I finally, thought final. A, I finally thought of a uh, of a thing. Okay, to to describe the the Big John Stud thing. Okay. Take Big John Stud's hair, put it on yep. Brock Lesnar. Are you still as afraid of Brock Lesnar? No, exactly. <laughs> and that's the scariest man in the world. I'm just imagining Brock and Sable sharing hair products or now. Who's someone that you are like legitimately afraid of? Uh, like Aaron Donald. Right? Like, if Aaron Donald oh, punches yeah. you, you're probably, like, out for the count. But if he right, had Big put, John Stud hair... You put Big John Stud's hair on him, it's... No. It'd be different. There's no way. It'd be, it'd be very it's different. No fucking way. Hercules is out. Stud focused on Akeem. Number 29. This is where I realized commentary spoils the last couple entrants. They just are making a running list of, like, okay, who haven't we seen yet? Well, we know this person's in it, and we know this person. Like, this is before surprise entrants were a thing. Yeah. And so they're just like, oh, like, you know, we're missing this guy. We're missing this guy. And who else? Where's the rich guy? Yeah. 
So number 29 is the mo- well, before he's the model. He's Rick Martell. Strike force Rick Martell. Oh, yeah. And uh, Stud then- pushes Martell away from Akeem because Stud just wants to deal with Akeem on his own. On his own. This is his. Which, by the way, all he's doing is just fucking choking and like pushing him for like 10 minutes. 30 is Ted DiBiase. He bought the number, which is in, in case is a great explanation. He should be number 30. And he's out with Virgil, who is just an all time favorite of this podcast. That's right. He also, every other manager leaves, Virgil doesn't leave. You yeah, can't make Virgil, Virgil isn't leave. a manager. What do you think this is? The Olive Garden? He's he's not a he's not a manager. That's this thing. Yeah. Then we get we get a couple eliminations. Rooster gets tossed out over the turnbuckle by DiBiase. And what was it actually like legit good elimination? Because he goes clean over the turnbuckle in the corner. Yeah, he does like the flare corner spot, but just gets yeah. eliminated. Hercules fires up on DiBiase. Brutus with a sleeper on Hercules, and DiBiase and the Barbarian eliminate them both, which is good because Brutus should be gone. Brutus is like complaining. He's like, what the fuck? It's like, bro, dude, you, you got thrown over the top. What, what are you? <laughs> These are the rules in the match. Like you said, if you don't know who's winning this match, and you look at it, you're like, okay, so Ted DiBiase is going to win from 30. Like, sure, that's man. the only, who, like, if you're watching this as a fan, who, who the fuck else do you think? Yeah, but even that's kind of like it. Um, although he technically should have been the champion at this point, right? Wasn't that the whole plan? Is was he was going to be the yeah. champion, and then it was actually just Macho Man that won it. So Brutus, with like I said, the elimination, then diving headbutt by Barbarian to Martel, and then Barbarian gets drop kicked out by Martel. So we've got our final four. It's Rick Martel, it's Ted DiBiase, it's Akeem, and it's Big John Stud. The weirdest final four in history. Akeem catches Martel on a crossbody and tosses him out. Martel was not in the final four for very long. <laughs> he was there for a, for just one shining moment, you know? DiBiase and Akeem double-team stud. Uh, Akeem accidentally crushes DiBiase in the corner. Stud eliminates Akeem. Stud says he doesn't want money when, when DiBiase is trying to bribe him to let him win the match. Stud does like a ch- like choke slam to DiBiase into the turn the top turnbuckle in the corner. Um, that was fucking vicious. I, I looked at that and I was like, holy shit, the buckle bomb has nothing on that fucker. Then he hits maybe the best move we see him hit in any match, which is the double arm suplex. The do- Yeah, the double underhook suplex, which is a move that I believe Andre the Giant made famous. Yeah, he did that. Um, he hits a gut wrench suplex. DiBiase selling his ass off this entire time. He really is. Uh, and then we get to the finish here. Stud just throw tosses DiBiase for the win. Virgil comes in after Stud clubs him and shoulder blocks, and we get a big scoop slam. And then Big John Stud just kind of waves. There's no WrestleMania sign to point at. Do you, do you know what Big John Stud did at the next year's WrestleMania? <laughs> no fucking idea. So he wins the eight nine rumble. You think, well, he's going to be the main event at WrestleMania five because no, that's no, what the main is. event is the fucking mega plowers exploding. He is the special guest referee in a match between Jake Roberts and Andre the Giant. That is what go. he had at WrestleMania five. I gotta go. Stud would have his last match in WWF June 4th, 89, and then he would quit over what he said were poor payoffs. He would wrestle sporadically on the independent circuit until 93. His last career match was against the Honky Tonk Man. I'm a Honky Tonk Man. And then Big John Stud, John Minton, uh, would discover a cancer slump in the fall of 93 and pass away, unfortunately, from lymphoma cancer at 
on March 20th, 1995, the age of only 47. It's tragic, man. It is really tragic. And again, I feel like one of the things we do best in this podcast, one of the things that I like most about this pod is that we go and we look at guys that I've heard of but never seen. You know what I mean? And this is maybe the most, the, the perfect example. I have seen nothing of Big John Stud. Nothing. I just I know that the entire Rumble. Yeah, that's the only thing I ever knew. My entire like wrestling fandom since my lapse phase, the only thing I knew about this man was that I he won the Royal Rumble in '89. And was the wrestling good? Not really. But nah. at the same time, like he's a spectacle. He's a, he's you know he's worth the price of admission just to see. He's a big fella. You could see the draw. You understand the appeal. Yeah, and someone. You know um, I don't remember who it was, but I I, I read or I heard um, someone at some point say that the 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 career of Big John Stud was one that was really unlucky because he was a giant at a point where it didn't matter because the giant was Andre. Yeah, and he was never like if he if he had just been around at any point post Andre, he would have had like an incredible career because mm-hmm. uh you know he was he was a really, really tall guy he was 6 10 3 whatever you mentioned it um you know he he was someone that that you especially Vince McMahon you could see um him building around as as this monster heel or her at some point maybe even a baby face if he was able to to really get over with the crowd but Andre was there so, and, and we we saw it in the WrestleMania 1 match you know he, Andre fucking made this guy look like a dwarf uh yeah. with his size and it sucks and you know it's something where he was always going to be playing second fiddle to andre um he was never going to be able to to be given the keys to really run as the as a heel giant because there was always a bigger giant you know um and that sucks and it really strikes me as like remember like when when we really got like in the early 2000s vince had like a real fetish for those really tall guys yes um and then it was just like you know cool but there's kane and undertaker and big we we, we have our quota already of like character guys who are big tall guys yeah like we don't really need these guys especially when they're just bland you know like that it really just kind of felt like that although i really do think that stud had a lot to him you know he had a great look uh he he was really intimidating um uh, clearly from that one promo we saw the guy had the voice for it um it's just a shame you know it's a shame that he was never really able to be in a position there like maybe if he was in the nwa or like wcw or the aw or whatever was around in the at that time he could have gone over big as a, as a heel giant over there but it just wasn't gonna happen in the wwf with andre around big john Stubb was posthumously inducted into the hall of fame for wwe in 2004 in 2004 i'm just looking at the class it's a stacked class i'm gonna run through it real quick big john Stubb at the top Don Morocco, Greg the Hammer Valentine, Harley Race, Jesse Ventura, Junkyard Dog, Sergeant Slaughter, Superstar Billy Damn. Graham, Tito Santana, and Bobby the Brain Heenan. Hey, yo, why are there so many people? That's a stacked Hall of Fame class. It was the first Hall of Fame class since 96. I think that's why. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so they were like, let's put a ton of these guys in there. So it makes sense, you know? Yeah, I mean, sense. look, it, it, it sucks that uh, that Stud wasn't able to do more because I really do feel like uh, that guy in that era should have been doing a lot more. 
But hey, you know, sometimes that's just the way things turn out. It's just the way some things go. This is really fun. This is good. Good. Another good edition of Haas Month. We got one more Haas Month competitor to go through. One more, baby. It's, it's the scariest Haas Month competitor of all. Next week is Haku. Oh, shout out to Haku. Shout out to Meng. Shout out to quite literally the scariest man in the face of the planet. Yep. He terrifies me to this day. It's not just it's not just wrestling that we're talking about next week. We're also sharing some very scary Haku sco- stories. So Brock for fears those. Haku. Yeah. Uh Javi Rick people find you on social media. I'm on the Twitter machine at JMLO Sports. Sauce me follow people. You know the deal. Follow me on Twitter at Seven Gomes, I T S E V A N G O M E S. Follow the podcast. Most importantly, at it's that crossbody of work on the Twitter. It's time for everyone's favorite part of the episode. Javier, any final words for the people? This week on Life Advice with Javier, uh, I will be finally going to Puerto Rico tomorrow as a recording of this Friday. Uh, And I got a haircut today. And I think it looks pretty freaking good. So, Life Advice with Javier this week, take care of your fucking hair. If 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 you've been growing it out for a good amount of time, odds are you probably got split ends. Go cut the tips. I know it's going to look weird probably for a little bit, but it's worth it. Or if you can get it in early enough, it won't look weird. It'll just kind of look a little shorter um, and and be like pretty fine. Like it's pretty much what I have right now. I just cut it a little shorter. It looks fine. Now it's going to grow out again. It's going to be nice. Uh, Just make sure you get your hair cut. Take care of your hair. Hair is a great thing. A lot of people lose it really early on. So, like, I'm lucky. I'm not, but other people are. Evan talked about bald spots throughout this entire episode. Uh, shout out to I was Axe. Say, shout out to Axe and shout out to Butch. My boys. Shout out to Punish Nobly. John Cena as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, take care of your fucking hair because some of us only get it for a little bit of time. Not me, but some unfortunate souls out there. So, it yeah. It is really cruel that we start with no hair, gain a bunch of hair, and then just lose it. It's like, what, man? We just got this. It's rude. On that rude note, thank you for joining us for Haas Month. Thank you for joining us as we talked about Big John Stubb. We're back next week with Haku. We'll see you then. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.